This message was presented at the GYC 2015 conference called Chosen Faithful in Louisville, Kentucky. For other resources like this, visit us online at www.gycweb.org. Esther. Let me, let me tell you about Daryl and Mary Jo. Um, I don't think they're here. Uh, they, they, they're wonderful people. They had some issues with the church uh, and, and, and got discouraged. And you, You've known people like that. And so they stopped attending church. And actually, they, they didn't care for the conference and didn't care for leadership. And they just had some issues going on in their hearts. And so they, they uh, decided one Sabbath to go to a church in Arizona when Kathy and I were living there. I was president, and we went, they went there not knowing we were going to be there. And all of a sudden, they came late, and they were in church. Actually, they had made a commitment on Sabbath morning to go out and help pick up trash. And, and, and they looked at their watch and when they were done, and they said, oh, we have time to go to church. So they came to church. So they showed up at church, and lo and behold, the conference president was preaching. They weren't excited about that, but they stayed. And then someone said to them later, you know, why don't you come to the fellowship dinner? And they said, oh, we didn't bring anything. I'll oh, come in anyway. So the last ones to walk into the fellowship hall was Daryl Mary Jo, and there were two seats left. They had to sit by Kathy and myself. <laughs> so, right, across right across from each one of us. And well, we were getting ready in, in three or four months to do a mission trip to, to uh, Kenya. Kenya. And, and so we asked them, said, would you guys want to go on a mission trip? And so Daryl was thinking, if the president knew who I was <laughs> and knew my history, he wouldn't be asking me to do this. <laughs> Anyway, we talked to them and talked to them. And so later in the afternoon, they couldn't sleep. They went home. They're going to take a nap and sleep. And they have a medical business up there in, in the mountains in Arizona. And uh, they called me up and they said, tell me more about Kenya. Well, their, their credit cards were all maxed out. They had no money. We helped them a little bit. And they, and, and they both went and preached. And uh, Daryl told me later, he said, you know, I started preaching stuff I didn't believe. And I started believing what I was preaching. <laughs> Just changed their lives. And they started a special ministry. They started the ministry called Living Waters International. And I actually happen to be a board member of that. It's wonderful. First, they started putting water, water purification systems in, in Kenya. And then they started this feeding program for child-headed homes, children whose parents have died of AIDS. And they started a feeding program, and it's, they feed them two meals a day, breakfast and lunch, for 180 kids every day. So these kids live in a hut together, and the oldest child is, is the head of the home. Yeah. And so Daryl and Mary Jo, every year they go back to Kenya two, three, and four times a year. And every time they go, they have a series of evangelistic meetings. And this one time, I think it was three years ago, they went back to Kenya, and Daryl is preaching on a mountaintop, or a, a high hill anyway. And in Africa, if you've never been there, you will notice when you go to Rwanda that the, the loudspeakers are faced out to the villages so people can hear the messages. It's not necessarily for the audience, although they're turned up very loud and the audience hears it, but so also the village around them. And so Daryl's preaching, and uh, Esther is not attending the meetings, but she's sitting in her house or hut down below the mountain, and she's listening every night. She shows up the last night, and she says, I want to be baptized. And Daryl says, well, you haven't been coming to me? No, you've been listening. Yes. How did you hear? And she tells, well, she hears her, his voice echoing around the mountain. And she says, I have to tell you my story. Well, what's your story? Well, she said, I was sleeping in this same place in my, in my house 51 years ago. And Daryl's thinking, um, that's the year I was born. <laughs> 51 years ago, the year he was born, she had a dream. And she dreamt that someday an American would come, and his voice would echo around the mountain behind her house, 
And the angel said in the dream, when you hear that voice, you'll know that is truth. You need to follow what he says. And she said, when you set those speakers up and your voice started echoing around the mountain, I remember the dream. I remembered your voice. I heard the same voice 51 years ago, the year he was born. And I said to myself, God told me when I heard that voice, that's truth I need to follow. And that's why I want to be baptized. God knew when you were born that you would be here in GYC today. Isn't that amazing? Wow. And you'll be making decisions for him. Thrilling, isn't it? How God knows all, all about us. Number five, evangelism puts you in the center of God's activities. Daniela, who is that, Kathy? Daniela was a young lady, or is a young lady. She was a senior in the university. <clears throat> and she had been wanting to go on a mission trip. She had been praying for five years that the Lord would work it out for her to be able to go on a mission trip. And so she heard about the mission trip that we were going to make to Zambia. And she thought, how can I raise the money? How can I get together enough money to go on this mission trip? And so she prayed and prayed, and she had saved some money. She had, I think, $500, right, Dwight? And so the $500 was going to, you know, she multiply. And then there was the Voix d'Esperance at their church. And they were making a plea for people to give $500. They needed 10 people to give a pledge of $500. They found nine. And they found nine. And Daniela, the Holy Spirit, spoke to her heart and 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 said Daniela you have $500 you need to give that money and she thought but I want to go on a mission trip how am I going to do that if I give the money and she felt impressed that she should give the money well the very next week she went to school to the university remember this is her senior year and she saw it was at the beginning of the year. She saw where she could sign up for a grant. Now, a grant is not a loan. She wouldn't have to pay it back. And it was a grant of $4,000 that she could get. Now, she had paid all of her school bill ahead of time. And so she applied for the grant, and she thought, I can go on the mission trip with that money because I've already paid my school bill. And so, Dwayne, what happened? Isn't that amazing? She came on the mission trip, and she was so excited. Her father got sick, and her mother wanted to come home, but she stayed to the last Sabbath. And she'll, she'll tell her experience here how God changed her life. And she says, it's the best experience of my life. Well, today was a wonderful morning. It was my last um, day uh, with my Hill Church, and I just want, I don't know, I feel, I just feel so peaceful and so happy. I don't know what happened, but I feel changed. <laughs> I feel just a different person, and I will never forget this experience, and especially because I had to pass through many things uh, these last four days, and my dad was in the hospital, and I thought that, that I needed to go back, but Miss Kathy told me no, because the Satan was, he doesn't want you to give you the opportunity to see all these people being baptized, and she was right, and I'm so glad that I didn't go back, because now my dad is doing better, and I'm here looking at these people being baptized. So this has been the best experience of my life, and I'm so happy and blessed. I have been blessed. If you want to have the best experience of your life, isn't that thrilling? Can, can you imagine how God takes care of finance? I know some of you are thinking, I'd like to do this, I'd, I'd like to do this, but where am I going to get the money? God has a plan. God has a way. Tell your church, tell your pastor that you want to do this. God has a way. He really does. Write some letters to, to grandmas and grandpas and friends and neighbors. God has a way. 
for you to do this, and he can help with the finances. We'll talk about that, more about that this afternoon. And by the way, for everyone that comes this afternoon, I'm going to give away $500. Do you hear me? Well, no, no, no. It's five hundred dollars. It's cash. It's cash. We don't. We don't tell them the secrets, honey. <laughs> We're going to give away five hundred dollars, right? Okay. This is a group of young people who went with us, and these are some of their reactions. That's right. They said, "I'm scared to death. This is the most exciting time of my life. Now I know why I'm a Seventh Day Adventist." I never thought God could use me in such a way. I learned what love really feels like. My heart is being left in Africa. It fills you with a joy that you cannot explain. It was really inspiring to know God used me to bring someone to Christ. God was using me, and I didn't even know it. I love this place. I'm going to find a hammock and go cry. They didn't want to go home. I don't want to go back and be like I was. It changes lives. Evangelism, number six, then, is God's means of unifying his church. Kathy, let's read Acts 1.14. Acts 1.14. And Acts 2.1-3. If you have your Bibles, you may want to take, find them. Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, verse 14. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. So they did what? Prayed. And we're going to talk about that some as well this morning here. And then Acts 2, 1 to 3. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. So they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Evangelism changes people, it changes churches, it changes lives. Uh, Jim and uh, Bonnie decide to go fishing. It's a Sunday morning, and so they pack everything in their trailer, and they take off to the lake. They wake up on Monday morning, and guess what? It's raining. It's raining. It's over in Carolina, and Carolina, and it's just pouring. And so they said, well, we got some cards, some table games. They set a, a little tent up outside, and they begin to play some, some table games. And then on Tuesday morning, they woke up, and guess what? It's raining. It's raining. And Tuesday morning, it's raining, 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 raining. Wednesday morning, it's raining. Thursday morning, it's raining. Jim told me, he said, you know, I, I told Bonnie, I said, your, co your cooking is not as good as it used to be. And, he, and she said, well, you're, you're, your fishing is not very good either. <laughs> so uh, after a while, I got pretty tense by Thursday morning. Uh, Jim told me later, he said, the kids begin to act more and more like their mother, Bonnie. <laughs> and by Friday morning, they threw everything in the trailer and they took off back home. And then Jim told me later, he said, he figured out that when families don't fish, they fight. When people don't fish, they fight. When churches don't fish. When churches what? Don't fish. They fight. If your church is not involved in outreach you most likely have some internal problems. Encourage your church to focus on finishing their work so Jesus can come. That's what unites us around the world as Seventh-day Adventists. Evangelism gives a real reason. It gives me a reason for living. Matthew 16, 25. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. So how do you find your life? It gives us a reason, doesn't it? It gives us a reason. Evangelism is so winning. There's a, there's a little video clip I'd like to show you. We showed it down in, in San Antonio. Actually, it happened in San Antonio. It's called End It Now with Jose Rojas. 
It's about getting involved in doing community work and also projects that can help you in your church. And a group of young people spent a Sabbath, and Kath and I were there with them in the rain in San Antonio. And we, the end it now is to stop uh, the slave trade that happens in America and around the world. So you'll, I think you'll enjoy this. It's very exciting. We're here to march to bring attention to a human need. We are not here for political reasons. We are not here for a political party. We are here for humanity's sake. But something bigger than all of us is happening and we are confronting it. We're gonna make a difference. Do you have an attitude problem? Is that what your mama said? You have to have an attitude to survive out here. Just put on the attitude of Christ. Dr. King once said, we're gonna march in an orderly fashion. We will obey all traffic regulations. We will march with dignity and people will see our humanity this day. messages that we have is that um, people in the United States have this uh, unfounded notion that trafficking is strictly a global, a third world kind of an issue. Americans outnumber international victims 10 to 1. Merriam-Webster defines freedom as the state of not being enslaved or imprisoned. The Bible has over 50 verses of freedom in it. Galatians 5.1 says it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Human trafficking is often called modern-day slavery. It is the most demoralizing, degrading, and devaluing of humanity in the world. My story begins as a classic mother-daughter argument. Um, my sister wanted a friend to come over, and it's 8 o'clock. It's a school night. My mom was not having that. About a couple hours passed, and I was like, oh, she should be over it by now. And she's not in her room, but I do hear the shower running in the bathroom. She had climbed out the window and she ran away. My 15-year-old my sister had been introduced to an older man. People have this thought of it's international and it doesn't happen in our city. And with my family, it literally happened through someone who lived across the street. The Bible says, Matthew 19 and 14, let the children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. We're always saying, let's make a difference. Let's, let's do something. Well, let's do something. We need to put all aside our differences and come together as one. And that's the only way this is going to get done. So let's come together. As Dr. King once said, the movement has just begun. We all have a burden. We should pray, shouldn't we? It was amazing when uh, I heard the statistics that this happens more in America more in America than other places in the world. You th used to think it's an international problem. It's not. It's here, isn't it? Yeah. So we need to be involved in our communities, and that's a, a great way to prepare for a series of meetings anywhere. Number eight, evangelism is God's means of finishing his work so the sleeping saints can go home. First Thessalonians 4, 15 to 17. I love this text. It's beautiful, isn't it? Did you know that one th reason that we do meetings is that uh, it's much easier for me, <laughs> Eric, you know this, it's much easier for myself to do the meeting myself than to organize for other people to do it. Much easier. Kathy, it'd be a lot easier, wouldn't it? But the reason we do that, we had, we had a pastor's wife, a young pastor's wife. Uh, she grew up in the church. She went on a series. She preached her first series herself, and she came back, and she said to Kathy something. She, she preached a sermon on the state of the dead, and she said, I never knew that people slept until Jesus came. I thought they were in heaven. Can you imagine that? Did you hear what I said? Yeah. People in our churches, our young people, really don't know what 
we believe, what they believe, okay? So here, here it is, the text, 1 Thessalonians 4, 17. According to the Lord's own word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left till the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And after that, we who are still alive are, and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. I have that text on my parents' tombstone in Kearney, Oklahoma. And I can't wait that Jesus comes back. And I, now, Kathy and I have a problem. She wants to be at the cemetery in North Dakota when her parents are. And I want to be in Oklahoma when the Jesus comes. And, and Anyway, we'll see them on the resurrection morning, won't we? What an exciting, glorious event that's going to be. Yeah. There was an explosion last week. Did you hear about it? Well, it was a few weeks ago, I guess. A few more than the first 3,000 and then 5,000 and then multitudes, the book of Acts says, were baptized. It's incredible when you think of, uh, notice here in Luke 24, 32, the passion, the passion that these two disciples had on the road to Emmaus. Remember that? As Jesus opened to them, prophecy about himself. Pro you know, Adventists have a special message for the world, and it's about prophecy. We understand prophecy. People will come to our meetings all around the world because they know Stephanie Adventists understand prophecy. And that's what Jesus opened to the, the, on the road to Emmaus to the disciples there, and they said, did not our hearts burn within us while he opened to us the scriptures? Wow. Wow. 120 reached 180 million people the whole world then. Isn't that amazing? This work can go fast when we have that burning heart experience, when we have the passion. And, and uh, let's see, two of you are from Manila, is that right, from the Philippines? Baguio and Davao? Davao, okay, good. Well, we had just a year and a half ago, we had uh, Hope Manila. Did you know about that? Revelation of Hope, 2014 in Manila. Uh, Listen to just a bit of this, the excitement. You'll, you'll feel this at the baptism there in Manila. Take me to the water. Take me to the water. Take me to the water to be baptized. In Manila, this is fantastic. We're here catching big fish. Jesus said, Follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. That's what it's all about. This is why we've come. It helps us to recalibrate and understand what the Holy Spirit can do in the lives of people when people are working together, praying together, and preaching the gospel, lifting up Jesus Christ. An incredible mixture of people here in Manila. We have pastors, we have division presidents, we have the general conference president, we have lay people, we have a, we have a young person 50 years old, and we have a young man who's 75 years old. So we have a real mixture of men and women and, and, and pastors and evangelists and administrators preaching all together with one goal to increase the kingdom of God so Jesus can come and we can get off this old ball of mud and go home. Praise God. It's wonderful to see all of these people giving their hearts to God. It is just a fabulous thing to see the unity of believers as they gather together and they give their hearts to God. They're baptized, they join the church, and they are having their lives renewed. They're being none but the rock. about 80 ministers in the pool and young people, older people who decide to give their hearts to the Lord. It is just so exciting. I just met a young lady who's a Catholic and all of her family turned against her, but she was decided to still stay an Adventist. And now next week, her family members have decided to join her 
and become Seventh-day Adventists. It's just a thrilling, thrilling experience here that we're having in Manila. Uh, with the Share Him team, it's just been fantastic. Keep the Ten Commandments. Keep the Ten Commandments. Keep the Ten Commandments. Watch this girl. And be baptized. Oh, keep the Sabbath holy. Keep the Sabbath holy. Keep the Sabbath holy. I've been preaching. I've been doing an evangelistic series in the Manila Center, just on the other side of the border to Manila. So we've been having a wonderful time. We've made some altar calls. About 40 or 50 people have come forward. They're being baptized here today. So this is exciting. God is blessing. God has asked us to bring his precious message, the three angels' messages, to everyone all throughout the world, and that includes the people of the cities. More than 50% of the world's population now live in the cities. And so, by God's grace, we are endeavoring to enter every particular region of these large cities around the world. And this particular uh, initiative here in the Philippines, uh, Hope Manila 2014, I Care, is just one of hundreds all over the world reaching the hearts of people in these great cities using every possible means door-to-door -door evangelism literature evangelism churches working in harmonious activity with uh, pastors and with other people uh, the use of community services uh, integrated media evangelism and one of the most important ways comprehensive health ministry so God is working in a marvelous way all over the world, and right here in Metro Manila, we have, a, we have seen the great outpouring of God's wonderful blessings. God will work through you as you, living in a rural area or in the city, will be able to feel his power in sharing this precious three angels' messages with other people. God bless you in your outreach as we look forward and anticipate Jesus soon return. Don't take me to the water. Take me to the water. Take me to the water to be baptized. Isn't that exciting? <laughs> 5,000 people were baptized in Manila. Just a, a thrilling, thrilling experience. And we, we know that in Kigali, Something similar will happen. And Gita Rama, where else are we going? Ruin Gary, Giseni, many other towns. All, all, there are seven conferences, and every conference will have uh, over 2,300 meetings. In every conference, not 2,300 in every conference. No, and all, all together in the seven conferences. Ask for it. What? The Holy Spirit. Surrender fully and be willing, and God will give it. That's the promise. Kathy, both men and women can fish. Right. Is that right? right? I've heard that. Yes. Yeah, both. Th this is, where's this at? This is in Iquitos, Peru, and it rained one day, and actually before the meetings began, so we went fishing because we couldn't go bird watching. And here's a piranha. You know, the devil wants to get every one of us. He's like a piranha or a roaring lion. But Jesus, if we place our hands in our lives in Jesus' care and pray, for, pray to him daily that he will be with us minute by minute, first thing in the morning, he will take care of us so we won't get devoured. Now, you, you notice the, uh, the reason we're saying this is both men and women, the, the, the text the commission says, go and preach and teach. It doesn't, say, it doesn't just say, go preachers. It doesn't say, go ordain ministers. Jesus is pretty specific, isn't he? Do, do, you, do you believe what he says? The text says, go. Who is that? Does it, it, it means an eight-year-old boy can preach. Is that right? How, how many times have you preached? Two times in your church. In your, how old? Eight Oh, when you first started, you were six, and then last time you preached, you're eight. You're eight now, right? 
Oh, you're a seven. Okay, time to preach again. <laughs> so any of us can, boys and girls, young men, young women, older men, older women, everybody can go and preach and catch fish. Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men and women, praying for 30,000 in Rwanda. I think the Lord's going to give us more. We had 2,300 meetings now. Wow, wow. Pray and set a goal. Rwanda. Actually, Rwanda is known for its mountain gorillas. You drive across the country and you'll see pictures of the gorillas. You, maybe you saw, heard a, there was a book written in a movie, Gorillas in the Midst, Diane Fossey, I think it was. You know, she was killed by poachers who were after the gorillas uh, who were killing them. And, they, and she herself gave her life. She was killed. And her funeral was by one of my friends, Dr. Elton Wallace, a few years ago, a pastor who was there, a missionary in Rwanda. So uh, Rwanda's, uh, one, of the, one of the things that you could do while you go there is you could see the mountain gorillas. That's one of the things. Or you can go to a small game park as well. The gorilla tour is a bit expensive. I think it's, do you remember? Over $700. And so that's a little expensive. But if you have a, you know, a, a rich aunt or a, or a nice, nice father or mother that has lots of money, you may want to see the gorillas. The rest of us can go to a game park and see some elephants and giraffes and lions. So what we're saying is during the two-week period we're there, uh, our meetings start on Friday night and they end two weeks later on Sabbath, we'll take one day off the second week on Monday and uh for those that want to want to do something special within the country. The other thing, we'll have a tour that a lot of people may want to do, and that's of some of the genocide churches, and we can do that as well. And that's a really uh, a heart-rending experience to go and you see where these people were clubbed to death, and uh, you know, their bones are still laying there in these churches as memorials to what had happened at the genocide. So, Evangelistic Outreach, May 13 to 20. It's on the sheet that we passed out. 100 preachers are needed. 100 uh, preachers from, from here. Uh, 2,000 churches in the country of Rwanda will be hosting meetings. They are asking us to partner with them in this evangelistic thrust. Elder Wilson will join him and others from the GC and other places. Will you be one to say, here am I? What? Send me. To register, go to www.tmi.adventist.org or follow the link and apply there. For more information, you can talk to Kathy <laughs> or email Kathy. That's on the paper. That, now, did you all get the, the page that was passed out? Okay, we'll make sure before you leave that you get that. And again, this afternoon, we'll give away $500 to everybody who wants to go. That's a pretty good deal, isn't it? From GYC, yeah. Oh, I should read the last text. Not by might, nor by power. But by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts, Zechariah 4, 6. So that's how it can happen. All things are possible. They really are. And God will bless you in such a very special way. Over your head in 2016, that's good to be over your head. Because when you start to sink, that's when you need God's blessings the most, isn't it? Evangelism is about what? Getting over your head for Jesus. Yeah. Getting over your head for Jesus. We need to get excited. We need to get excited about soul winning and about evangelism and about sharing. If you go to Oklahoma City and you walk around the, the basketball, the, the uh, uh, where do they play at in Oklahoma City? Anybody from Oklahoma? Well, it's a stadium there, downtown Oklahoma City. If you walk around the stadium at night, you hear the thunder, thunder. <laughs> when the thunder are playing. What, what's their famous player's name? What's his? Kevin Durant. You've heard of him? He's amazing. He really is. I have a pastor, a friend who buys season tickets and goes to all the games. But the, the whole stadium shakes when Oklahoma City Thunder is thundering, when Kevin Durant is playing. Well, we should get that excited about winning souls for Jesus, shouldn't we? We as Christians, it's all right. Did you know? I heard of good statistics. You know, America has a craze for sports, but did you know on a given weekend, Sabbath and Sunday, there are more people, I think it's, is it how many times? Is it 10 times more? I think it's 10 times more people that are in church than go to all the sports events throughout the year on any given weekend. 
So it's a good time to talk to people about Jesus, isn't it? Because America is changing fast, but still they are interested, interested for Jesus. Kathy? I've listened to Dwayne preach in many, many campaigns, but I never dreamed that I would have the opportunity to, to be able to preach. And I just felt like it was so empowering. The Holy Spirit just empowers you like you never dreamed that you could preach. It's just awesome. And it is. It's so awesome. Luke 5, 4 says, When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. And that's what we want to do. Get out into the deep, out of our comfort zone, and put a net out for souls. Listen to Dwayne. You forget what you hear, right? You, you know that. You forget what you hear. When mama tells you to do something, it's easy to forget, isn't it? You forget what you hear. You remember what you see, and you understand what you do. Ask any teacher when she or he graduates from college. They don't understand a lot, but when they teach it, then they get it. <laughs> Then they get it. Two eagles that flew in the distant blue were shooting the breeze as they soared when a screaming jet on a steady course set shot past them as onward it roared. Then one bird said as he turned his head, I wish I could fly like that flyer. The other said, good, and maybe you could if your tail were also on fire. So the thought comes to me, and I share it free. We could all go faster and higher, for we know that it is true that whatever we do, we do so much better on fire. So preachers, preach with enthusiasm. Get excited about what you're doing. Famous preachers throughout the Adventist church, throughout the world, they get excited because of sharing Jesus. We want to share Jesus. The Bible says, if it's in the Bible... I believe it. If it's not in the Bible, it's not for me. Now, in your sermons, we'll encourage you to say that every night and hold up your Bible when you say it. Right, Kathy? Right. What did you do with my Bible, honey? <laughs> I put it there. She did. So you hold it up and you say it like this. If it's in the Bible. I it. If it's not in the Bible. Amen? Amen. Let's try it again. If it's in the Bible. I it. If it's not in the Bible. Amen? Amen. So be enthusiastic. It won't hurt. It, it, you know, you won't pass out. And the wonderful thing about it is that you don't have to feel inhibited because none of those people that are listening to you when you're in Rwanda, you'll ever see again. Isn't that exciting? You'll never see them again. So you, you don't have to be afraid in heaven. And then the, you won't be embarrassed then. <laughs> They'll say, why didn't you come earlier? <laughs> why didn't you stay longer? You know, when Duane says about speaking enthusiastically, I would be preaching occasionally when he would come home from the office, practice preaching for my first series of evangelistic meetings. And I am not normally enthusiastic. That isn't in my DNA. So... I'm from North Dakota, German heritage. I really, you know, serious, serious, serious. So anyway, when he came home and he heard me speaking and he came into my study, he said, Kathy, be more enthusiastic. And I said, but I am enthusiastic. And he said, push yourself. So if you're not normally enthusiastic, you have to push yourself, really push yourself. And then the Lord will give you the gift. Now, I want to ask you a question. How, how old is too young to preach? How old? A series of meetings. 
How, we, know, we know an eight-year-old. <laughs> How old is this young lady? Ten. Here's a ten-year-old. Listen to her, and I want you to watch her motions and listen carefully because this is how you preach. It really is. Watch her. She's looking at the computer. She sees her notes. Listen carefully. Tonight's topic is called Why So Many Denominations. Is God's true church on earth today? I don't want to add to the confusion. Watch your hands. Watch your hands. Did you watch her hands? Is she amazing? You see where she is looking? Where was she looking? At her computer. Then she looked at the audience. The easy thing with a translator, and you'll have a translator in Rwanda. You can have one here too as well. But the easy thing to preach your first time is with a translator because they fix it when you mess up. Also, you have time to think and look at your notes. They, you see, it was, it was, isn't that easy? Back and forth and back and forth and back. You can do it. You practice how many times? You practice three times out loud. What you want to do is if you have a projector at home, you want to set up your computer and your projector with the sermons and practice them. But you notice that she had her, her computer out from her. And that's what you want to do when you preach. You don't want to have your computer up there. This is not a good setup. But we have to do that because of the electricity. But anyway, you want to have it far enough away from you if you have notes that you can have eye contact with the audience, but you glance down and, and get your thoughts. It, it is so easy, but you're not, you don't have your computer right in front of you. You never want to have your computer right on a pulpit. You want to have it on a table away from you so that you can have eye contact with the audience because that is so important. They know you're speaking to them. Did, did you hear what she said? And so you get your, your computer out here, and you, you practice with it out there, and then that way you can glance down and look at it and glance up and preach. Now, we had a, we had a girl from Southwestern Adventist University. She's Korean. Her, her English wasn't real clear, and she preached a series of meetings up in Gentry, Arkansas for us. And I went to her one night, and, and she, had to, she was up like this, hiding behind her computer. She was scared, plus she had lost her glasses. She couldn't read until she got real close. So we bought her some glasses, and she was able to read and get back a little farther. But she was just scared to death. But the Lord, somehow he takes our feeble efforts. And Do you remember how many were baptized? Three. Three were baptized in Gentry, Arkansas. At this little church, as they brought their guests, God will use our efforts. We just have to step out in faith. Get out of the boat, and when you start to sink, Lord, help me, I, I'm sinking. So 2015 is Zimbabwe. We mentioned this before. Some of you weren't here. 2016 is Rwanda. That's this coming year. 2017 is Romania. 2018, Japan. PNG 2020. India 2019. Also 2020 is Indianapolis. I, I'm sure Eric will all be involved a lot. And, and the Indianapolis push there for the total member involvement. <clears throat> Your best pathway to health was an exciting event. Dr. Leela is here. We, this was in San Antonio, and Kathy and I were, were in the Southwestern Union. Then Eric came and helped us, and we worked there. We had lots of people involved. Uh, this event was just 
just incredible. Um, let me back it up just a second here. We have Mark and, and Ted talking on this reporting about San Antonio and the church's plant there. Uh, I think we, we treated how many people? We treated 3,100 and some people in two and a half days. And so it's an incredible event. Oh, oh sorry, sorry, 6,100. Yeah. yeah, and nine, 98, 98. 6,198. And, and then in L.A., we expect to treat, I think, uh, 10,000 in L.A. That's, that's the goal there. And so this is a wonderful event to be a part of. But not only that, it tells us that the right arm of the message is the health message. And people get so excited. In fact, Duane and I, uh, three weeks ago, we were in Malibu, California for a special event there. And there was a lady from the United Nations there. And she heard our story, our mission story about building schools in Zimbabwe and drilling wells. And she was so excited about what the church is doing when they do outreach like that that she came to the, the person, Judith Miranda, that is heading up the church, and she said, how can I become a part of your church? She was so excited. So when we do health outreach, when we build schools, when we, any type of community outreach, that is so important before we have evangelistic meetings. If, you know, we can uh, send out flyers, but when we do community outreach, it's so much more effective when we intermingle with the people. And, of course, for the city itself, you know, the mayor was so thrilled and excited, and we had reports from her. And the news media, we had helicopters flying over the Alamo Dome uh, as we opened. And for two weeks later, we kept hearing reports about what the Seventh-day Adventist Church that they knew exactly who we were about what the Seventh-day Adventist Church, the news media, was doing or had done there in San Antonio. Wayne, what is the Oh, our communications director from the General Conference said for the last, let's see, I'm trying to remember, for the last three General Conference sessions, uh, we had, was it three times as much as we did in all the rest put together, uh, uh, media coverage in San Antonio? It was, it was exciting and thrilling as to what was happening there. San Antonio is a historic city here in the southwestern part of the United States. It's a city of about 1.2 million people. When you think about San Antonio, you think about the Alamo. The Alamo stands for courage. It stands for vision. It stands for the longing of a people for a better life. The Alamo. Remember the Alamo. Here in San Antonio, there's another plan launched. A plan launched in faith, too. A plan launched in courage. A plan launched with a broad... That's the mayor right there. ...this city with Jesus Christ and a message of his love and truth for end time. San Antonio is a city that has historically been challenging for Seventh-day Adventists. There are only 21 Seventh-day Adventist churches in Greater San Antonio. But the Southwestern Union, the Southwest Region Conference, and the Texas Conference came together in a collaborative fashion to develop a plan, a strategy, to reach the city. The strategy included homes of hope spread across the city where men and women, boys and girls, met together to pray, to seek God, and to invite their neighbors. Another strategy included convocations where the members came together, sought God, prayer cards were given out, and members were challenged. A thousand members were challenged to pray for 5,000 people. With 20 Bible workers working with Dr. Carlton Bird, more than 112 have been baptized and 27 are enrolled in a baptismal class. And now we are proud to announce the newly organized Breath of Life Seventh-day Adventist Church in San Antonio, Texas. Texas really went to work in San Antonio with days of compassion, feeding the homeless, personal ministries, neighborhood cleanups, and a more campaign that drove traffic to a website highlighting more and upcoming community events. There were training sessions on how to give Bible studies, how to lead people to Christ, 
and conducting both biblical and health seminars. In April of this year, your best pathway to health was held in the Alamo Dome. 6,193 people were served by your best pathway to health. Some of them came for glasses, eye vision testing. Others came for dental, and still others came for medical care. As part of that comprehensive plan, there were 1,700 volunteers. 600 of them were physicians. Thousands of pieces of literature were given out. Instruction in wellness. In fact, beauticians came and gave their time free. One of the clothing companies in town donated suits. So people came and got free suits. Many of them had never had a suit in their life before. One man received a suit just in time for his upcoming wedding weekend. Your best pathway to health ministered to people physically, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally. But there were follow-ups in churches throughout San Antonio. Seminars like Reversing Diabetes, Overcoming Depression, Creation Health, and Natural Lifestyle Cooking. Some churches were open four nights a week with these comprehensive health programs. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Guests were coming. And can you imagine Adventist churches with guests coming in for seminars four nights a week? In addition to that, Bible seminars, unsealing Daniel's mystery seminars, small groups in the homes, personal Bible studies, Bible workers working together, literature evangelists coming to the city by the scores. Some academies sponsored literature evangelists to come, and 35 young people were on the streets distributing literature, selling literature, inviting people to come to meetings, take Bible studies. A community impact day was held, and interests were developed. Hearts were touched, lives were changed, barriers were broken down, and men and women were open to receive the gospel. Jose Rojas held an evangelistic meeting. Carlton Bird held another evangelistic meeting. Alejandro Bullion held another evangelistic meeting. And I had the opportunity of holding an evangelistic series here in the Shrine Auditorium. As the result of these combined meetings, thousands of people came, heard the word of God, accepted Christ and his truth. They were impacted by the gospel and scores and scores of people were baptized. At the time of this recording, there have been over 500 baptized and many, many more are preparing for baptism. They're coming to know Christ and the Adventist message. But the meetings didn't end at the conclusion of the evangelistic meetings. The strategy was not complete here. Some of the pastors have made this observation. They've said, we see this as a launching pad to a new vision for San Antonio. We want to see this process repeated again and again and again. The Holy Spirit is being poured out. God is touching hearts. There's a new receptivity in our generation. And comprehensive health evangelism touches hearts. It changes lives. It is the ministry of Christ in the 21st century to meet the needs of people and see their lives transformed by the gospel. We're it was thrilling. Uh, Eric, you were there afterwards and helped with the, the one major church plant that we did with, with Elder Finley. Uh, this is the group of volunteers at Pathway to Health. Uh, as you can see, there were, what, Kathy, 1,700 volunteers that were here. Uh, one, one of the most exciting stories that I heard was that there was this, this young lady um, she, she went to Houston to see the doctor and she had, had issues, issues, lady issues. And she was, had lots and lots of bleeding. And the doctor told her, she said, you've got to have a hysterectomy, a lady doctor. And so she said, well, how much is it going to cost? Well, it'll cost, she figured it up about $25,000. And the lady said, that's not going to happen. Well, the doctor said, you'll die. And she said, I'm sorry, I don't have $25,000. So she left. The next day she was down in San Antonio. She went to the Mexican consulate. The day before, Kathy and I had been there, and we had dropped off some brochures about Pathway to Health, the free medical care. She picked one up, looked at it, got excited about free surgeries. She went back to Houston the next week to see her doctor again and took the brochure to her, and she said, Doc, what about this? And the doctor looked at it, and she started to laugh. And she said, there's nothing free. It's not going to happen. And, and uh, the lady said, I'm sorry, I guess I'll die then if it's not free because I don't have the $25,000. But, doctor, you keep the brochure, she said. So she left, and then the next patient that came in had just gotten out of the hospital, had the same issues. Uh, 
she was losing blood. And the doctor told her the same thing. You've got to have a hysterectomy, $25,000. And so the lady says, again, I don't have the money. I guess, well, you'll die. Well, I guess I'll die. And the doctor said, look, I don't, I don't, think, I don't think this is true, but look at it. Take this brochure. <laughs> it's a free surgery. So the lady contacted us. Both ladies did. And Dr. Hardesty from Loma Linda had gotten a couple of his friends who, do, who are experts at laparoscopic surgery at our hospital. And laparoscopically, they took out those two uteruses, saved their lives. Two days later, they walked into pathways after the surgery, and they were both perfect. Isn't that amazing? God has a plan. I, I guess, we, we, do we have to go? I think it is. It's time, isn't it? A couple more minutes. The most ex one of the most exciting stories again is the uh, director of she was director of pathology at the university hospital. The university hospital was doing the follow up for us, and so Dr. Leela had contacted them, and they said they would do this. And the doctor of pathology, director of pathology, the doctor there said to Leela, "I don't think this is possible. You can't read all these reports." And Leela said, "I'll do it myself. I'll make it possible," which Leela did. And so the, this, this lady, the Friday, who, who didn't believe, who wasn't, who wasn't going to let us do it even, this head of pathology department of the, at the university hospital, on Friday morning during the event, she called Lila up. She says, my niece is in town. She needs to see you. Can you work her in? They brought her in, got her a special appointment. She went into Pathway to Health. She had uh, a pap smear. And then it was about three weeks later, Leela is reading through all these pathology reports in California. She's gotten them now and reading through them. And the lady calls up and says, have you found my niece's pathology report yet? And Leela said, I just read it. And the lady from the pathology department at the university hospital said, well, my niece, uh, how is she? And Leela says, I have bad news. She has cancer. Oh, the lady said. How advanced? Well, it's just starting. She says, she begins to cry on the phone. There is a God. He does care about my family. And so the, the thrilling thing about this story is, she, Leela says to her, you need to get her into one of our seminars, Eric. Well, they didn't do it. <laughs> Leela got her hooked up, though, with the doctor, and they got her taken care of. She had surgery. But we had a Spanish pastor, Alex, and his wife, and, and they, they didn't have a lot of people come to their first seminar, and so they started 12 Creation Health Seminars. He called himself every person in their area who came to Pathways to Health. He called this lady who had the cancer, the director's niece, and her husband, and said, won't you come to my seminar? They came, and during Bouillon's meetings, during Bouillon's meetings, they were baptized. They came to the meetings. They were baptized. And then the lady's husband, who was baptized that night, said to Dr. Leela, he said, you know, my family in Puerto Rico is so excited. Really? How's that? Because, you see, I was raised a Seventh-day Adventist. And for 30 years, they have been praying for me. Isn't that thrilling? God has a plan for your life. You, as a young person, an older person, in your own community, with your relatives, with your friends, you will reach people that I can't reach, that Pastor Eric can't reach, that Kathy can't reach. You will reach them. God has a plan for your life. God needs you in Rwanda. He needs you here in America. He needs you in Canada, wherever you're from. God needs you. He will use you. You bring a friend this afternoon, and you tell them, you tell them that I promise everyone who comes this afternoon, I'll give him $500. Okay? I really, I will. I promise. Everyone who comes this afternoon, I promise to give you $500. Let's stand and pray. What, what time's the meeting this afternoon? You, you have a meeting here in 15 minutes. I know. What time is it? One, 145. Everyone, yeah, we're going to preach. We're going to learn how to preach this afternoon. Everyone who comes this afternoon, 500 bucks, you learn how to preach. You, you, what, what a deal, right? Amen? Amen. Kathy, pray for us. Father in heaven, we just want to thank you so much for the privilege of knowing this message and for the opportunities that we have of sharing the gospel with others. Please bless us as we depart from this room, but not from your presence, Lord. 
please bless the next meeting and bless everyone in this room. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. This message was recorded at the GYC 2015 conference called Chosen Faithful in Louisville, Kentucky. GYC, a supporting ministry of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, seeks to inspire young people to be Bible-based, Christ-centered, and soul-winning Christians. To download or purchase other resources like this, visit us online at www.gycweb.org.